Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Anfield Wrap. Rob Gutman can't add up. He's going out for tea tonight. He says it's five more hours. It's seven more hours. Uh, how much are you looking forward to this tea, Rob? I need this tea. Sometimes tea's just there, but today I need this tea. What is it? It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, an Italian meal in uh, Vincenzo's on Walton Road. It's a lovely new Italian. I'm giving him a plug here, Vince. If you're listening, you're not listening, but uh, yeah, it's really nice. Is it really nice? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, what, that's why that's why you're so excited about this tea. Yes, yes. And, also, and it was a heavy night last night. It was a heavy it? night, and it feels like Italian cuisine is the go-to for soaking up what's if the you don't, poisoning my body. If you so don't well. get fifty percent off after this plug. I'd be disappointed if I was you. I'd be be fucking amazed if I do. (laughs) Uh, Rob? Yeah? When when I saw you last night when you were in your cups, you said to me that you were of the view that that was an absolutely massive win, that you celebrated Liverpool 4, Stoke City (laughs) 1, that you celebrated the first and second goals like a man possessed. I also celebrated the equaliser like a man possessed. I celebrated the equaliser in full away mode, if you know what I mean. Yeah, in terms I, I of, it wasn't polite. It was it was throwing human limbs all over the place. Yes, it, it felt huge. I mean, those two goals just defined the whole game. The two goals Liverpool get between 30 minutes and 45 minutes. They just completely define the game and they mean Liverpool have won it. Yeah, it's interesting actually, but the intuitive reaction uh, at the equaliser, because often if we're behind Anfield, I'm usually so pissed off that by the time we equalise, I'm still, I'm not thrilled by this. I'm, I'm a little bit relieved, but still angry about the, how, how we've got into this mess. Uh, and no confidence we'll get entirely get out of it. But it felt like a winner, the equaliser, because you thought, yeah, now we go. Um, I think we'd I think we'd begun to become quite heavily on top of them at that stage. Firmino, had, Firmino had one off the line. Yeah, yeah so it felt like we were going to score, and the fact that we got the goal was a relief. And you knew we were in the right direction, and we turned them around properly by then. And, and, and it was always going to be the way it turned out. I think. Can't say that about West Ham game the other week though. Mind. I think it was massive in the fact that it was the first time Liverpool had been behind at Anfield in the league since May. Yes. So this was yet another... West Ham went 2-1. West Ham went 2-1. Did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah first Antonio time we've taken the lead at Anfield from the off, though. You're right in that. Yeah. Yeah. First time we've conceded the opening goal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I think that was... Uh, um, another one of those hurdles, you know, those question marks, can Liverpool... Etc. Etc. Strike back if... 
and they'd answered well enough all through the season so far and that was another question you know for them to come up with the the solution for and when that equalizer went in like rob said it wasn't uh we liverpool have pulled level now you there was the sense around the ground that okay it's it's just going to be liverpool from all out um and the fact that it came in that period where liverpool were you know just flying forward really forcing the pressure forcing something to happen felt like the game was going to turn that way because you know liverpool were were pushing it that way were rewarded for it and that was going to just encourage them to continue there's that's Melissa ready, by the way. I don't think I've done proper introductions. Phil Blundell's over there. Uh, so there, there you go. There's, there, there's the three people. Happy Christmas. This is, go, this is going to be Phil Blundell. And Phil, what, what strikes me as interesting is sides this weekend. Just look at this weekend. Sides have gone to Arsenal, uh, Chelsea and United. And I'd say, and it might be doing Bournemouth a mild disservice, but I think Bournemouth set up to, broadly speaking, keep it tight in their own way and hit them on the break. Uh, West Brom went to Arsenal, keep it tight hit them on the break. Sunderland go to United, keep it tight, hit them on the break. And whilst to a certain extent it's, it's, it's part of the way those sides play in general, it's interesting that this is now not happening with Liverpool. That it, This isn't the first time this has happened. That instead, the sides who've got the idea of we need to have a really good go, we need to do it early. This is not the first time this has happened. This is about the, the, the sixth or seventh time in the last ten games where you've seen Liverpool dominate the game from 30 minutes till the final whistle. Yeah, I thought Hughes's comments afterwards were quite interesting about when he said, um, you know, we've, we've made it difficult for them, we put two up front, and a lot of teams will now copy that. And, like, I don't think you would watch that and think that is the way to go because they were done after 35 minutes. They were gone after 35 minutes. Peter Crouch looked like he needed a wheelchair after 35 minutes. He couldn't run. He was done. They blew themselves out completely. It was very similar to that Swansea game when the first half they were in our faces, they, were, they wouldn't let us settle, they wouldn't let us do anything. And then we equalised and they went, we're gone now. Why wouldn't you copy it? Because this why it doesn't work. Like, you, need to, you basically need to score three in the first half hour. And then I think defend. it's good too. We haven't seen someone score two. No, we haven't. But, you know, and they very nearly did. There was a great save from Mignolet when Joe Allen went through. But when do they score? What minute is it? 13, 13 12, 13. 12, 13 and then Mignolet makes the save on 18. If I remember right, rightly, we have a fairly decent first five or six. I think the ball goes across their six-yard box twice. So yeah, they come with a big. Aldum had... Had a chance, I think. Yes, Firmino as well. Firmino as well. It could have unravelled for them in, in in the first five minutes. Um, I know they do come on to us, but I'm not. I'm not entirely. I'm not convinced. That, I, I think that you know, to the victor, the spoils to a degree. Well, up to up to minute thirty. Uh, I don't. So what would you be doing? If I were them, if you were any side that comes to Anfield, because this is what's interesting. This is why Hughes's comments are what, interesting. I, I, so what would you be doing? What, what I do, you do. Well, I think Hughes is right, and but, I think Hughes got it right. And I think that everyone's trying to say the, Hughes is now they were that exhausted. Got beat four one. Yeah, that exhausted though. That I think we still could. If they've gone two 0 up, I still think we could have won that game. I think the heads go at two 0 I think that you, it's, it's it's harder for the side to remain calm and composed at two 0 And fair, I think yeah. that that's the gamble. And I think that that's that Hughes has looked at it and he's thought we can make it really at no other point. This, the issue is you've got to spend so much energy just to match this Liverpool side that you might as well just go one step more, throw all your energy at the first half an hour and hope to get a, get a lead that you can then defend because you're gonna to just to go total. To toe with Liverpool just to match them. These sides are, are, are all but punching themselves out. The difference isn't whether or not they last till 30 or 45, if you see what I mean. They'll yeah. then come out second half and look goosed and be nil-nil and have nothing for it. And I think that that's... And, and this is why this Liverpool side is so exciting and interesting is that it, it, it's leaving the opposition having to make these sorts of decisions before a ball's kicked. So I think he gets it right, Hughes. It's the discipline thing as well, though, because that first goal, our equaliser, was... Terrible, terrible goalkeeper and he should never be beat from in a million years. And the Glenn Johnson... 
I don't know what he was doing to, to, to put the ball on his feet, but that was awful as well. So you've got to also work really hard and be disciplined as well. And to do both, when you're tired, your discipline drops. Yeah, and yeah it's, that's it. I'm mentally you, tired. You just can't. It's all, you, as you say, I think you probably need to score three in the first half hour to, for that to work. Because I think the most I think you'll get if you do it for half an hour and score twice as a point, and you're that tired that you could literally go on seventy, and that's that. I agree with you in the sense, Neil, that the idea is is correct. You can't match Liverpool, you know, on the pitch, possession to possession, just on and off the ball in terms of work rate and all that stuff. So you just try and negate their press, negate their fluidity by getting the ball, putting it in the air, you know, trying to <clears throat> unsettle them at the back. And the issue with that, though, is, and Rob's pointed this out, and I think because they score first, it is largely ignored, that Liverpool actually start the game by creating a few chances where just a little more zip maybe in the play or a little more um, intensity or, or desire because they, d- they didn't start as well as they could have started but despite that they were still creating and it was just you know one or two things differently. I think Klopp calls it the extra 10% and then before they score Liverpool would have been ahead. Um, and then they score from a situation that Liverpool are too passive in. So Liverpool help create that that scenario by you know, allowing the cross to come in. Lovren allowing two of them. Yeah, yeah. It's not but, as a result of massive pressure, is it? The goal. Yeah, either. it's 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 very very passive from Liverpool. Hmm. They're not putting any pressure. So to say that the um, to say that Stokes' game plan yeah. sort of led to that opening goal is is not particularly correct because it basically comes from Liverpool allowing them the time to cross. I think we say that because we look at the game solely from a Liverpoolian perspective and we don't give in the same way that for instance Johnson puts the ball at Lana's feet because he's shattered because the bit of the pressure's come yeah. on and the way the pressure's come on is the same way in which Liverpool aren't quite committing to coming back in numbers the way in which they should be and they allow themselves to be passive if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If that goes the other way around you're saying Liverpool made Stoke become passive. I get what you're saying, but I'm in the in that move. Just that ice, the goal in isolation doesn't come from. It's obviously their strength. They they cross in. The it's, it's a headed goal. Yeah, it's I, it's obviously a strength, and and they've played to a strength, but it's not. It, it's not desi- It's not come out of the design. It's not born out of the game plan. Yeah. It's born out of the fact that he's allowed to put that cross in. Uh, Walters is allowed to. It's no tactical to, masterpiece. To yeah. is it? I, I, I think I think deciding to make it all a bit chaotic and a bit mad is a tactic, well, and that's one that Stoke decided to employ, and they got the goal from making it a bit chaotic and a bit mad. I think they wanted. So to. I think you I, want to say it's no tactical masterpiece, but then for instance, our equaliser is no tactical masterpiece. It drops the Lara in the box six yards out and just blams it in. No, yeah, I, that's, I, no, that, okay. <coughs> that's not a tactical masterpiece either. But Liverpool, as a when you look at their blueprint or whatever. The fact that they still then get into the possession, then get into the control, then yeah, get yeah. back to assertiveness, that's, I don't that's dispute their that. thing. And, and I agree with you, they wanted obviously that chaos, but the, even the the three just passages of play up to the goal is not particularly a moment of, no, I, of I, chaos. I, it's, way- it's a moment of... in. In my opinion, only anyway, it's a moment of complete passive. If Liverpool are more aggressive in that situation, yeah, yeah. then that, I, I, you know, that but, but it's a matter of happen. but it's I, a matter of sort of being able. To, I'm going to go back to Melissa. You can come in in a minute. Okay. What what strikes me on this is the 
is, and I'm going to keep asking you because I've asked Phil and Phil hasn't got an answer for me, so what should they have done differently? That's the thing, I don't know, and this is incredible about Liverpool. They've shown now, you can't just come and sit deep because they have learned how to be patient enough to combat that and they've got so much ammunition to throw at you. And now with the likes of Emery Shannon and Daniel Sturridge boosting the bench where, where you still got them to throw on, it makes it even harder for teams to think we're going to come and frustrate because, you know, p- players are starting to get back to full fitness. They've got options off the bench. So that tactic becomes harder. I, Like I say with you, I agree that to, to negate the press, to negate everything Liverpool do is to get the ball and fire it up where they won't be able to compete in the air. And then you've got somebody as good as Joe Allen in winning those second balls, in knowing the right positions to pick up and stuff. That was obviously, it was it was smart. And I know he got criticised ahead of kickoff. And then, you know, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes in, people were giving him credit for it because it was, to a degree, working because Liverpool could not ascertain control of the game and that's when Liverpool if Liverpool are allowed to dictate if Jordan Henderson is allowed to have the ball and stuff Liverpool are are incredibly dangerous and they managed to quell that for a while but like Phil said you then have a point where and Stoke are not the only side a lot of teams have, have come and found that if you try and disrupt Liverpool there's only so long you can disrupt them for before it, it just all settles because that that's the natural you know order of a game it, it will settle uh, West Brom tried you know to come and do the same thing it had having a good listen yeah I, I I think Stoke do the right thing in terms of when they're on the on the ball to go look to go long why not you know they've got a big couple of big units on and they're not going to play through it I think the way you deal with Liverpool the teams have dealt with Liverpool for the best Best in long stretches for me this season. Let's, let's put Park Burnley for a match. You know, Burnley didn't deal with us. We were just lacked of ruthlessness. Uh, Southampton did. And Man United did at Anfield, I think. And I don't think Southampton did. I think they did. Mean, don't get me wrong. We still made chances against them and tore them apart. But not there were long periods of the game where they never had control of us, where I think they managed to... Yeah, they, they managed, were disciplined. Yeah, they were disciplined. That. What I think you've got to do against Liverpool, you'll be compact. You've got to have a lot of bodies in midfield. And you've got to try and not drop too deep. I think dropping... I mean, you, they can't... Teams can't control that at times. If you're under, if you're under the cosh, you're under the cosh. Where I think it works for Stoke at the end of the day, they, they realised they had to go long. He gambled by putting the second man there. I looked at it in the first five minutes and turned to uh, my friend Julio next to me and said, um, they're, they're two slow lads up front are allowing us to defend a really high line. This is going to work well for us when it works today. OK, they then get a, they then get a passage of play where there's a number of errors Mel's, Mel's talked about and, and they get their goal. What happens next is the thing that, that gives Hughes this sense of, uh, of righteousness is because we respond psychologically very badly to that blow. We actually can't believe they've taken the lead. Mm-hmm. And, and we're right not to believe it because it's, it's a stupid goal to have conceded out of context of what was happening at that point. Our heads go. Joe Allen then has an incredible 10, 15 minutes where he's utterly dominant um, and they should score again. And I think that defines what, how Hughes... Hughes let's put it this way. At that point when our heads have gone... Forget, Hughes, forget, Hughes forget, the, idea of, forget the idea of Hughes being self-aggrandised because what I think is the key thing for Liverpoolian point of view yeah. is how flattering this is. 
Yeah. That you're now, we've now reached this point, and this is what I was trying, I'm trying to drive at through all of this, where Southampton, for instance, Southampton and, and United, as far as I'm concerned, have got better players. But the other thing that you pointed out there as well is that they had very little interest in scoring a goal. Absolutely. That a lot of what they were about, United turned up and literally didn't, barely, barely ran into the last quarter of the even Anfield when, pitch. Even, even when, when they, they had, had... And we're on top. The ascendancy mm. And yes, we're on top. I it was like, we're, right. we're just going to that off. That's not for us. Some, that, that'll come later and it won't come at all. But we're going to try and just dominate the game in this middle third. And that's it. And that's where all of our energy is going to go. That's what Southampton did. But Stoke and a lot of the other sides that we play in this league have not got enough good players. They all think they need a big solution. That's what you're, 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 you're driving. The flattery to us, you're absolutely right, is they all think they need a big solution. And the solution is no longer put six behind the ball and just see what happens. No. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the biggest breakthrough in, you know, in the post-90 era. All Liverpool sides, even the very good Liverpool sides that have been periodically, have all floundered, in my, in my experience, when they come against teams which are prepared to properly low block. This Liverpool team likes a low block. Bring it. Uh, uh, the 13-14 team as well. Does anyone... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it was utterly ruthless. Um... But uh, but now now teams have to come up with a special idea, and it is a great compliment. One thing I don't understand is why no team has thought, man, Mark Henderson. Because it, Stoke, you, if, I think Stoke came pretty oh, close to that. Do you think? There's a lot of Alan. I Sit think I think they put the two big lads on the, on our centre halves, and Alan is really close to Henderson, really really close to mm. him. You look at the heat maps; all three of them are basically all mm. right next to each other. And I, I th- I'm not saying that they explicitly man marked Henderson because they didn't do it throughout the game, but I think the theory was occupy those, occupy the two centre halves and Henderson. I just think if you stop him getting the ball, if you stop a player who's going to make a hundred passes a game from being able to make a hundred passes, it forces a team to just completely do something utterly different it'd be great if you'd gone on the internet and find out how many passes he made yesterday to, yeah. um, but if if you take away the option that the centre backs can just go right I'll give you the ball and then he'll, he can move it wide to the full back who can move it back inside who can then put it back out wide to Mane again it forces Liverpool to make a completely completely different game plan I think people and do see that Phil but he's, Henderson sometimes plays like a third centre back so all mm. that happens if they sit on Henderson they're dragged uh, more forward than they want to be and, and the centre halves can split attempted 89 passes yesterday which is significantly That's lower than normal, than normal and he only completed 70 then fair enough they've possibly done something to and him. also you still overcome it and also and we've still overcome it but also if you get the other thing you can look at and I've been doing this for the um, for the for the, the, the Tuesday interview <laughs> the other thing that you notice as well is we get a lot of James Milner in the second, as the game wears on, yeah. what we what it's I like think we start is. to do is we think well, you know what we're going to do. They've got they put you right wing back the mad lads. That's so that's mental. It's that, mental. So we think what we're going to do is we're going to let James Milner run the game. So James Milner, for instance, yesterday 70, attempts seventy five passes and makes sixty three of them. And uh, in the second half, for especially from the left back, when when we grow into the game, James Milner is effectively running the show. So I think they were trying to at least break the the lanes into Henderson and have Allen around him. But our solution is with Sands because our left backs are boss centre mid. He can do that for now for us. Absolutely. I yeah. think Ginny Wijnaldum's pretty key as well to how we adapt. He's, I don't know if the, what the stats will bear out, but it felt to me like he had a hell of a lot on the ball yesterday. A lot of what he does can't be analysed statistically, though. You can't. There's no statistic to say how quickly he moved the ball. And how he protects and the ball And how he protects well. the ball and yeah. how strong he is and how he can just sort of turn a man very quickly and create five yards for himself. Yeah. You can't. Absolutely there's a right. lot of things he does that aren't quantifiable by statistics. The, the point on, on Mulner is a good one as well, because when he was um, averse naturally to to playing as a left back, because mm. he felt, you know, as a, the whole reason he wanted to be uh, in centre mid was he wanted to be involved, heavily involved in the game. And he felt that at left back, he wouldn't be involved. He'd he'd have to wait for moments and, you know, both offensively and defensively uh, to have a say in what happens. But in Klopp's system, 
he is heavily, heavily involved all the time. Not just yesterday, but in general, he's up there for most touches, up there for most passes. Mm. Most ball recoveries, most tackles. Yeah, all the time. And he may not be uh, a central midfielder as he wanted, but I think he's, he's probably as influential, if not more influential, that, than he would have been if he, if he did stay uh, in the centre of the pitch. Mm. I agree. I thought Mil- Miller was very, very good. But for me, we're going to keep going back to. I thought when Alden was our pick, I think he controlled the game. I thought it was possible. One of, I mean, I keep saying this every now and again. It's, was that his best performance for Liverpool? I don't know. He's now quietly clocking up a lot of very good performances. He gets better, he gets better every week. He is getting He's better, getting more in tune with the rest of he, the rest he, of players. Like there was one point yesterday when they played long ball, and he appears on the left, and I was like, "Hang on, you were you were in the middle, 50, 20 yards away." when he cleared that how have you got there so quickly it's, he just seems to appear everywhere he's growing confidence really, in him as well yeah. he came you could see in his body language early on that he was keeping he'd obviously been told to as well keep it incredibly simple don't worry because the pressure of coming to Liverpool is a big deal we've seen it break players down the years and I think Wijnaldum has played within himself and I think there are signs that, that he's growing now even just to have the confidence to do that ball in the derby that leads to the winner just, just, yeah, to, just do that, to have yeah. the confidence and the authority to go. I, I can do this. I mean, he's looking more to use an old cliche term, midfield general. Now, to me, he looks like he wants to run the show a bit. Jordan Henderson, I've also heard, absolutely enjoys playing with him. Says he's so, so vital to everything that they do because his ability to understand what he needs to do in relation to what everyone else is doing for example he, he doesn't just focus on you know uh, Henderson's gone forward I need to drop he's looking at what Lalana's doing he's looking at what the attackers are doing ahead of him he's very um, just intelligent in everything that he does and very efficient and effective as well not when you've got all that combined in midfield it is a massive benefit. Yeah, I think the, yeah, the, I think, the, and I'm low. It's dangerous to make this sort of claim at any stage in a season, and certainly with what you've seen from Jurgen Klopp, Melissa. But it does look like that is now Liverpool's first choice midfield three. Is, is Henderson, Van Alden, and Lallana? It looks like that 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 decision has has been made. I think Chan's slightly unlucky with injury, and he's he's shown a bit of a goal scoring instinct actually. But the more you, look, you the more you see them, you think that's the way in which Jurgen Klopp wants to play. They're the sort of players he wants in his midfield. Yeah, I think. All three of them, the balance between what each offers um, is incredible, is is really, really good. And I think the only reason there was a question mark over whether it would be Wijnaldum or or whether it would be Shan was due to the injuries. You know, one comes out, one comes back in. And there was that period where Wijnaldum had to wait his turn because he got injured and, and Shan came in. But I think Liverpool are just more... Have more of a of a zip and are more fleet footed with him in, but also, um, are just more aware and and they look more alert to everything that's happening both on on and off the ball. Let me ask you. I want to ask you a question, Mel, on this. Actually, if I can ask both all three of you a question is at the beginning of the season. Let's say let's even go three weeks before the start of the season. I'm wondering what Jurgen genuinely saw as his best three. I'm not entirely convinced that he saw it as it is today. I think he thinks. I, I, th- I think he might have even be, be, been slightly surprised. This is where I say going on to it. I suppose Neil for you, Adam Lalana. Although I think he's always rated Lalana and liked Lalana. I think Lalana's progression during the course of the season, from the word go, uh, forced him to look, relegate Emery Chan. I think he's the knock-on effect guy. Zero. No, Adam Lalana was a guaranteed starter. As long as his form was there. But- Gu- guaranteed start. Jurgen Klopp 
first name on the team sheet, one of the very first. But he is never played Adam in that Lallana. position though before. And the whole idea was to drop him back to get him the goals for those runs. He's his equaliser yesterday. Starts his run from deep, mm. and he right, and that that was the because he does so much work. They were thinking that the amount of work sometimes he does before actually getting into the box, you know, having to be the ball carrier as a, as a as one of the forward players, was giving him just way too much to do. From deeper, he's able to then give the ball off, let the forward players do a bit sure. of work, make but the run. But he get never gets that. He never once gets that job last season. Not for one game does he get that job. So it's an entirely new experiment to, to test him in the number eight role. Could you call? Milner it? never got a job at left back. Yeah, no, well, true. He, he, gets, he gets about half an hour in the league. Cup I, I agree. It's not. I'm not. Away at United what I'm saying is they were gambles. Yeah. What I'm saying is to a degree and to different extents as well. They were both gambles. If you'd said to Klopp on August 14th before before the Arsenal kickoff, you're going with Lallana there, you're going with Milner there. You definitely think you'll have them both there in a month's time, assuming they're fit. I think he might have gone. We'll see how it goes. I, I agree with you with him loving Lallana, wanting to get Lallana in the team, but he only ever looked at him as a front three player beforehand. In, in America, I know he was changing his view. Watching preseason in America, Lallana was very much playing in the three. That's in the training sessions. Front three and, or middle three? No, the the middle three. And um, I know Milner was was playing as the left back, and he he had decided during at, at the start of pre, all these things. Henderson as the deepest lying player. Milner at left back, Lilana in midfield. They thought about it for for quite a bit in the off season, even before preseason had started. They were he he's big. I think thing. they were thinking about it last season. Yeah. I, the, well, the, the marker for me on well, this, this is, is for instance, he moves he moves Milner uh, in the League Cup final, and he feels happy enough to move him to left back there. I think the other one, the other marker for me on that to a certain extent is the amount of time Liverpool has spent turning Trent Alexander Arnold into a right back. With the idea that this is the sort of thing we want from our fullbacks, mm. I don't think any of this is an accident. I, th- I think that this has been. It's definitely. I think, I, I, think, I think this has been getting boxed off since March. But Emery Chan is certainly amongst our top three players of the of the January to May period of last season. Notwithstanding, he was injured for about a month. But and, and he's he's a first name on the team sheet. He's he's nailed that number six. Jurgen's loving him in that position. I'm I'm not sure that if you ask him on on May the fifteenth or whenever it was. You're not going to have Emery there next year at all, are you? I don't think he's definitely saying, no, I'm not. I, 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 I think it was up for up for analysis. I remember that Sham was injured at the start of the season as well. Yes, exactly. Partly you, you that, point, if that, yeah. It might not change anything at all. It may have been... Yeah, I, I'm talking about... Ha- what I'm getting change. at is happy accidents. What, yeah. what I, semi, semi. I, I think you might be right, but what, I'm, what I'd say is, I think the best way to phrase this is I think that position at the base of the midfield was Jordan Henderson's to lose... So if he hadn't played well, if he hadn't acquitted himself well, then it might have been that Emery Chan was back in. But I think he knows in June that he's going to go with Jordan Henderson there for a I variety of know. reasons. And Because I think you can see now, I think that there's, there's in general, I think the perception knocking around that the manager thinks that Emery Chan's absolutely marvellous and fantastic and will always try to find some sort of place for him. Yeah. But I just don't think that's the case. And I, and, and, and I think that's there's a variety of reasons for that, many of which have been touched on before. But it's, I think it's... Certainly, for whoever's going to play in that deepest role, he wants people. He wants someone who can absolutely get around the pitch and has got a load of zip about them. I think that's what he wants. I think that's what he thinks he needs in this league. Mm. Maybe if he was managing in a different league, he might come to a different conclusion. But I think he's seen enough now to mm. think the fella that I've currently got there is six foot two, but he's very quick over five yards. At times, he may we may want a little bit more in possession, possibly. But that that's the compromise because this fella can do all of these other bits and also is talking constantly to his teammates, bossing them around, telling them mm. where they need to be. 
and yeah, and I don't think that for whatever reason, I don't think he come. He, I don't think he finishes last season convinced he's that 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 or convinced by Emre Chan in that deep lying role for whatever reason. I just don't think he is. I think Jordan Henderson is su- surprised. It might be putting it too strongly. I think I think Jordan Henderson has. Um, been better than Jurgen Klopp thought he was. I think if you don't in March, the Jordan Henderson of last second half of last season wasn't the Jordan Henderson we're seeing now. I know it's different positions. It, positions of fitness. He's also, coming back. Yeah. He's coming back. Of course, he had every right to be. And we now you can now see that he was reacclimatizing from his injury because he's back to a version of his best. Uh, I don't think uh, Klopp knew for certain that he'd get this level. He of He goes Jordan to Henderson. the mattresses forum between Burnley and Spurs. Uh, he, he pushed on it in a press conference and, yes. and, and question marks around Henderson after Henderson's performance at Burnley yeah. and, the, and he absolutely comes out fighting for Jordan Henderson sure. and all but says Jordan Henderson's going to be playing that position for the rest of this season, You just you watch and from, from speaking to people at Melwood this was even ahead of the Chelsea game um, there was a lot of talk, Jürgen seen enough in training to think that the the word were or the terminology was international class number six. Mm. That's what he felt yeah. Jordan Anderson could be because what Klopp wants from that position is everything Henderson is giving him. He's giving him the you know, the ability to play the short to keep the game ticking over with the short passes, completely switch play, um to to drop and help the centre backs, to to switch things, to be the first guard against the counter attacks. Everything Klopp wants from that position, to be he's executing. Yeah, he's executing it really, really well. There's no, there's no doubt he's. Re- he's uh, look, I'm not, I'm not. I don't even want. I'm, I'm not arguing against any. Point. Uh, I, 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 I'm other intrig- than it's intriguing, but I, I, I do think. Yeah, I, mean, I can see what you're driving at with a lot of this stuff. That it can sort of seem like a happy accident, but again, you know, for instance, he buys Vanaldum, and everyone presumes Vanaldum's going to play number ten. Whereas Vanaldum's, mm. apart from one little cameo, got nowhere near that. That definitely wasn't mm. an accident. That's, that's not an accident. That's what yeah. he's, he's bought them for. He's watched him. At, oh no, that definitely. That's firm. He's basically signed them based on what he was doing at PSV as opposed to what he's done in Newcastle. I, I, I think, think. Yeah, I think it's fascinating to try and watch. I think we're a little prone as a sports base because we love Jurgen and rightly so to see everything as being having been part of some uh, master plan that goes back to day one. There's a similarity with Benitez there. I think there's a similarity with Benitez. Because not everything Benitez did happened intentionally. I don't exactly. Think. That's Whereas, that's my point, really, and a lot of it does. Huge I th- although it I think does. I think what you're talking about here, I think the more I think about it, the more I, I know exactly where you're coming from. But I don't think any of it is an accident. In terms I of think, I think when you when you actually look when you you can actually look at it and see, yeah, that's what he means because he wouldn't have if he if he's so into Lalana, he wouldn't also have. Mane, Firmino, Coutinho, Sturridge, Origi, who are all... You know, that's That would be six players into those three positions. He wouldn't have talked since the day he arrived, basically saying, uh, I need exactly. more wingers. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you actually look at the at what, what he's hammered since he's turned up, he's basically just turned up and just repeatedly talks about... What, it's really interesting because he, he wants pacing wide. He, he, he's massive on pacing wide areas. He doesn't talk it? about individuals or positions that much publicly, apart from the fact that he constantly people shut up on bloody mm. wingers. And it so it was a thing at Dortmund as well. Like, was, yeah. be the line, One of the biggest places on Dortmund in the early... Stages of his reign there was was Blazikowski on yeah. the, on the right. He was absolute lightning up the right hand side and got them up the pitch quickly. He, he's interested in transitioning, getting up the pitch very quickly, and that is why Mane is such a a big player for them. That's why it's going to be a big loss, and yeah. it will be a big loss. The thing, one of the things I took from yesterday's game, Melissa, was the Mane Klein partnership. Whilst Milner was was running the show in a sense at left back, Mane and Klein are constantly linking up. Almost, you get the impression at times this Liverpool side it'll pick a side it's going to focus on, and more often than not, it's the left. But that doesn't mean it doesn't play down the right. But just that Mane and Klein have got to do a bit more on their own. They haven't got Firmino buzzing around them as well. Vernaldo buzzing around them. Henderson maybe coming a bit more that side. The left to sort of get on with it themselves. And I thought that they both played really well yesterday. Yeah, and it's it will be interesting 
to see how Liverpool cope. There's obviously loads of solutions, loads of ways Jürgen Klopp can amend, especially, like we say, the fact that he's got options now. He's got Emery back. He's got Sturridge back, Coutinho soon uh, to come back as well. So he'll feel, I think, that Liverpool have enough to deal without Mane or to cope without Mane. But it will be quite different because as... Full mentioned what Mane has that you know is is a short there's a shortage off in the squad is that just sheer pace that that burning 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 speed um, to allow the transition quicker uh, and Liverpool will have to somewhat do without that and compensate without that and this is going to disappoint Rob but I don't think there'll be uh, many signings or any signings uh, to, to, to counter <laughs> that so <laughs> to counter that but but like you say I, I think as well you know going on to the earlier point about what teams have to do it's so hard when you've got these combinations that are, are telepathic at times, like the, the Mane-Klein one, um, the midfield three, mm. um, Firmino, Lalana, even Wijnaldum as well. You know, we talk about his discipline and, and how intelligent he is and, and all the defensive stuff that he does. But in the in that opening period yesterday, he, he was quite advanced, quite offensive, mm. Um, and involved in the attacking plays as well. And, th- and I think that's the problem opposition teams will have, that Liverpool sometimes may need a while to, to settle and click, but when they do, everything is just so so made to look so effortless and, and so easy. I, I didn't think Liverpool were anywhere close, anywhere, anywhere close to their best yesterday in terms of, of their front foot play, and they, they still managed to beat Stoke 4-1. I didn't think they deserved to. Yeah, and... It could it could have been six when you think the clearance of the line. Uh, you look at for me, it misses from five six yards. It just bounces off him, but it's, it could it could go in. Yeah, and um, the Mane shot that is just, just wide, just yeah, before half just, time, just yeah. just just wide. You you count all these things and you think, geez, they were probably at seventy percent of that one for one, and and it could have been so much more. So. Coming back to your question from earlier, Neil, what the hell is the solution? I, I don't know if there is one. I thought it was quite interesting the the, the equaliser how we clearly went for a, for a period of targeting a massive amount of space in behind Eric Peters because Origi gets the ball to his feet and without even looking, he's turned and put the ball fifty yards into completely open space for Manny to run into. And he did that three or four times in the Brilliant first ball. half. It was a great, it was a fantastic ball. Just before that, actually, Jurgen Klopp pulls Sadio Mane and tells him. Go and hug the line yeah. because he's leaving. Just the give space me five minutes. minutes. Yeah. One man Just he's, give me five minutes. Yeah. Which yeah. is a wonderful way to phrase it. Yeah, he's he's telling this, and because Peters kept going, you knew, yeah. and because of Mane's pace, you knew there was a there was a chance to expose there, and and that's, that's exactly how the goal comes, isn't it? Yeah, it was tra- well, he was trying to be a one man left side. It was he had no cover, which against Klein and. Mane is absolutely crazy. It's interesting, Parvarigi's game, he was playing off the left at times yesterday, wasn't he? Well, that's the second half move. That's that that we've done Firmino again. moved to well, yeah, but he's in the goal. He, he's come, he, does, he does a move which he sets Sturridge up like this at Southampton in the, that first half last season where we lose that game. He comes off the left, he cuts inside, and he, and he, and he, and he finds yep. the man on the overlap with a, with a fantastic ball. It is something I think he's looking for from Origi. Some of his build-up play yesterday was brilliant, and I think, you know, we've spoken about competition and I think the fact that Sturridge is now back, is now getting sharper, is now scoring, will also 
Sharpen the region. Yeah, because it, it's that natural mental thing that, oh, he's back. He's going to be yeah. pushing me. I've got to lift it. Uh, and I think you could see signs of that yesterday. There is, I'll come on to storage in a second, on the, the Mane thing there, Rob. You know, I think at times, if anything, it's it strikes me that he wants to come inside and maybe sometimes the manager, it's interesting the way the manager phrases it, just give me five minutes. Is that what but he says? Five, yeah, but five minutes, five minutes cheating, where he just basically stays goal side of Peters and says, I'm, I'm going to be here and you've now got a massive problem because you've got to try and work out how you're going to deal with this. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, that, that's fascinating, but I think it's in general, you know, it's back to the idea that Mane will be such a miss and that he wants that. He wants to have that, that that player who can terror, terrorize the life out of you, and if need be, can make the pitch huge by just going standing on the standing on the touchline and giving them giving them a massive headache. Uh, yeah, I think he's not, well, he's not done as much as I thought he would do. Actually, no, he hasn't. I mean, at times you look at Marnie sort of drifting across, coming inside, and he, he said himself he likes to play as more of a number ten. Although we, I can't see we've seen much evidence of him doing that throughout games for Liverpool. But sometimes it's not it's not so much his pace in terms of a 20-yard sprint, is it? It's I think it's his temp, It's about the tempo he creates. That's what I think we'll miss. I, I don't think we, the ability for him to lace a full-back. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's... Yeah, he can be that kind of winger, and he did do that yesterday for that, that, that period of time. But I, I just think it's the way he quickens the play. It's the way that he'll... In, in the way Suarez did, he's not, he's not at Suarez's level, but Suarez, would, Suarez would, wouldn't mind taking a ball into his body and just going. And, see, and seeing what would happen, he didn't care if he lost possession. Marnie, Marnie actually is not that bothered if he loses possession at time. If he, and that's what tempo players do. With their confidence, they usually do keep possession. That's what I think we'll miss. Uh, Phil, I think that is what we'll miss. I think Rob's nailed it there. Really, it is the idea that he's we, we're giving it to the lad who's about to really quicken it. Mm. And I think that's the and he's quickening it not just by virtue of the fact that he runs fast, but that he moves it fast, that he that he that, 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 that he shakes his hips quickly, that he probably, that he thinks fast. He's the least replaceable player that we've got. If that makes if that makes sense. Because you can, if Firmino drops out, you could probably change something and put a player in who's not massively. Do you could play, you could move Lana forwards and bring Emery Chan into midfield, and you don't lose a massive amount in terms of style. But you take Mane away, and it is completely alien to any other player in the squad. We probably should look at signing someone. It, it being realistic, just not just not just for now, but for the second half of the season because. If he has a little bit of a dip in form or he gets injured, we are massively lacking in a huge area of, of how this team plays. I think that's why he continuously goes on about, you know, need a wide forward, need a wide forward. It's because he does recognise that that is an area that that Liverpool, you know, it's brilliant that they've got Mane, who's who's so effective, but they need more similar players in that mould who can, you know, quicken the tempo, like we've said. The problem with that is Klopp is very insistent on getting players that that he absolutely wants, that absolutely work for the system, that he is convinced will do well in terms of how their attitude, you know, fits in with what he's looking for, not just their their attributes. And everyone that he wants will be hard to get in January. And I think that's where where the issue comes. Does he go for a short-term sort of option? I don't think he does. It's just not in his nature to look short-term. No. He wants somebody to do the job for the next five or so years for Liverpool. Um, and that's why I think he'll. He's, things will have to change. He will look internally when Mane goes. And it's probably the, the biggest present Liverpool could have gotten this festive season is the availability of Daniel Sturridge because... Before the Merseyside derby and yesterday, he'd only played one game in December for Liverpool. 
in in his career here, and that was the defeat um, at Newcastle. Mm. He's he's never been involved in the, and that was at the start of the month. Actually, this is the first time he's involved in this packed fixtures schedule, and because he's in a situation now where he's not a guaranteed starter, he's also going to have this fire in him, and I think because Liverpool have created this the scenario where you know when Emery Shan gets in, he wants to get goals because that's how he's going to assert his sort of dominance or, or on that position because mm. you know to compete with the, with what Wijnaldum's doing that's not really his style of play but when he comes in and he gets those goals and assists he's saying to Jürgen this is what I can offer you in that position so you know Mane goes away creates a, a void and I think everyone coming in wants to show this I, is what I've got to offer I wonder if he solves the problem uh by, with a formation change when Marnie goes I've got this little inkling he might because he's looked at it before is the 4-4-2 diamond with a region and I think I think there could be games where you see a region Sturridge up front and maybe Coutinho behind or maybe Coutinho at number 8 and Firmino at the head, the head of the diamond I don't know I think I think you should see those sort of variations happen more I'm not saying that he'll, that he'll Marnie goes and go to that but I can see it yeah I think he will look to change things a lot he has spoken about Sturridge and Origi up front in tandem and how that's worked but Obviously, hmm. there'll be certain games where he'll look to go for that. I can't, I can't see him altering things too much. I think it's more how you can sort of maximise. Because Liverpool still have, you know, Origi's got pace. Sturridge maybe not as quick as he was pre all the injuries. But, he, you know, he has the ability to... He can to quicken it over five yards like yeah. Manny. Yeah, he can quicken it over five yards. Do we think that Sturridge and Origi might be the League Cup option? Well, for sure, yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And but that's th- how that's how we go at Southampton in the League Cup is we, we go with those two. But I think it might also be how we go with Swansea on the twenty third. Yeah, yeah it, could well, it could well be and it, it might also be how we go against it, yeah. against Sunderland. But not Man U and Chelsea. Yeah. I think the, the Sunderland game is actually quite interesting because we've either got a situation where we us and Sunderland both play the same team that's played two days before and they're tired and we're tired, but our football is much better. Or we both freshen our teams up and we've got much better footballers than they have. So We've got the the the, fic, the it is a bit and like it's ridiculous that we're playing twice in less than forty eight hours. But I actually think it is and well, sometimes I'm playing twice comes, in forty eight hours. I think it comes to our advantage. I think it's to our advantage though because it really does level the playing field. But our footballers are much better and and fitter. I actually they, don't think it's such a problem. We've had an eight day. I think it's an between, I actually think it's an advantage. We've had eight not, days between the. Derby I don't think it's a problem at all. Yeah. I think it's a massive advantage for Liverpool to be playing twice in forty eight hours because Sunderland are playing twice in forty eight hours as well. It's more. It's in a way. It's three in in six days, yeah. uh, including yesterday the game yesterday. But I think. But if you look at it, if, you, if I'm Jurgen, I want to. You go. Well, we had eight days off beforehand, which is quite a stretch at mm. this time of the season off. Uh, okay, we've got three and six, but after that, because of the FA Cup tie can be a reserve team, you've got another nine days off before the Southampton League Cup semi-final. So you go, you know what, it's almost like a little tournament football. Yep. You just go nuts for those three games. The issue you've got, though, is the Southampton game is very, very close to the United game, and United will have had a day's more rest and recovery. And that it's all about the recovery periods. That's the key thing. It's mm. not actually about the eight days. If you ask the managers, I'm sure they'd all like to just space it all out more because their issue is recovery periods. Some players take four days to recover. Oh, sure. Some players take, take one day. But really that's the issue. 
issue. as Phil says. Well, no, I think I think for Sunderland we are in a similar boat. I think where we've got an issue, it's that it's easier for United if they want to. They can still take the League Cup seriously and make seven changes. Mm. Us going to Southampton if we want to take the League Cup seriously and we really, really, really shouldn't. But if we want to do that, and he really, really wants to. He does really, really want to, and he's wrong. Um, <laughs> but this, 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 by the way, this is Neil Atkinson who once said he would rather win the league than win the quadruple. I'm just putting that out. I would rather win the league than the quadruple. Yes, um, there is. Uh, the season after, I'll take the quadruple. Um, <laughs> there is something to be said for the idea of, you know... Uh, I don't know, I'll be quite excited by the domestic treble now that it's in my head, but I'll put that to one side for a second. But I'll just take the league. But I think that there is an issue, which is that he will take the Southampton game seriously. He will play a strong side, and then United's just only three days three days after that. I mean, we're getting well ahead of ourselves here. Is it three but days? Yeah, it's, well, Sunday. We're, we're, it's Wednesday, Sunday. So we get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then and then, and then the Sunday, whereas they've got the Tuesday. Hmm. Uh, where, and also, they can make seven changes to play Hull. Because Hull are bloody rubbish. Yeah, they're doing the best. They're quite a tidy side. They've got a mad they, squad as they well. played well for sixty minutes against uh, against City, but they just have got no number nine, and the legs are falling off because they haven't got enough. Uh, enough are they players. home or away first leg? Uh, I'll find that out for you now, Phil. Um, but yeah, that's where I think for all this talk around this, that's where I think he is going to have to have some big decisions to make uh, because there's and also the other thing to point out is that Manchester United are really good at football. Mm. There's all, well, no, one, no one wants to say that, but they are actually really good at I'll football. I'll happily say it. They're a far better team than most people give them. And United, yeah, are, United are at home on the 10th of January. Right, exactly. yeah. so that means they can United probably go a little bit weaker. United aren't shit, but by the same token, I think we're a better team than, than United. But that's not yeah, the point. I agree, it's a, we are. It's a 51-49% game, you know. It can go either way. It's... It, it's it's really hard to legislate for. I do. I think what he can do for that game, if we're looking that far ahead, is I think we now have a squad where you go. Certainly at the back, you can you could bring in a centre half, you can bring in a full back, you can you can bring in Emery Chan, you can bring in Daniel Sturridge. You can you can do some freshening up. But we've been talking about the fact that we're, we're talking about moving. And this is what I'm, why I'm saying this gets interesting. We're talking about moving Daniel Sturridge into the first eleven. That's the the overall sort of na- nature of the chat and conversation we're currently having because Mane's gone. Sure. And but, this is. I mean, we're sort of throwing ourselves into a discussion that we're gonna have uh, on the gutter show. Uh, on to, which is going to be uh, the Anfield Rap player. Listen, if you were listening last week, you'll have heard all the stuff around uh, the Christmas hamper, which was us putting all the shows out for free for a week. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, sorry about the quiz, one of them. Um, there is uh, one of the worst 80 minutes of my life. Uh, but there is, uh, and I'm, 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 I'm sure you're proud of your contributions there, in Rob. Um, oh, yeah, no, I'll never get it back either. Uh, yes, uh, when, when Rob was, was was having a pop at me after the first part of the first round <laughs> was, was a particularly low ebb. Sorry, Neil. Um, what happened again? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's where you find out that all these people you think are really quite nice are absolute bastards. So if you haven't listened to the quiz, do please do so. so they are absolutely so much needle on that quiz. It's great. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, they just wouldn't shut up. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, thanks, thanks, lads, who contributed to that, and I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas. But no, we're going to record a gutter after this, which is uh, Rob looking at the transfer market and what Liverpool should or shouldn't be doing. So if you've enjoyed those free shows, got a review show coming up off Stoke versus Liverpool. You know, it's only a five a month for this sort of thing. So I hope you're considering it if you haven't already committed. And we're now going to do a preview of Liverpool versus Manchester City and Melissa ready when the fixtures come out and all this sort of stuff. This game, thankfully, thanks to Liverpool, I'd say, give thanks to how well Jurgen Klopp's men have played. It's everything we wanted it to be. It's the 19th game of the season. It's an enormous game of football on New Year's Eve. It should be a great game as well, because when you're talking about how sides set up to do what they want to do against Liverpool, firstly, Guardiola have a plan, but secondly, he'll very much back his players to be able to run for the requisite amount of time and be able to play football for the requisite amount of time. I don't see City coming for a nil-nil. Absolutely not. He He won't deviate. He wants City to be... A possession side, a side that plays out from the back, side that's easy on the eye. 
um, a side that does a lot of work off the ball and you know is coming up against a Liverpool side who this season have shown they're much better at doing all those things uh, than City have been. And I thought Jürgen Klopp's quotes yesterday were quite interesting because Guardiola was at Anfield to watch a game and he actually, you know, he doesn't particularly go to stadiums to, to watch the opposition. So he was saying that it shows what a big fixture it is. The fact that, you know... There was a needle there, wasn't there? I, I, I don't think it was needle. It it's was a bit more it was, defensive from Jürgen than I, than I would have thought he would have been. Uh, I thought he was quite... I thought he was quite it was Jürgen trying to, trying to be witty, joking, joking around, you know, saying that he's obviously come to, you know, taking the ticket because he, he understands uh, just the scale of the game. And I think there's a lot of reason to be excitement given Liverpool's, re, you know, recent games against Man City. I don't think City have won at Anfield since 2003. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, Nicholas Alcaraz scored. Mm. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Michael pulled off one of the best saves I've ever seen in my life from Milan Baros. It was incredible. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but it's um, it's the game I think that has shown even under Brendan Rodgers' tenure, what, oh, tenure, what Liverpool are actually capable of on their day when 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 they really get going. And it was you know at the Etihad, the four-one. It was it was the first solid solid signs of what Jurgen Klopp would look for from his Liverpool team and obviously since then they've still been the when they came back to Anfield after Liverpool lost at Wembley and once again Liverpool were right at them just all over them City couldn't cope and I think that all bulls up into into this fixture where you know there is there'll there will be a little bit of um, I don't think needle is the word but there's obviously some competition between Guardiola mm. uh, and Klopp they've got history in the Bundesliga both heavyweight managers both you know believe in sort of the same footballing tenants both will look at the league title and will desperately want it um, and so I can't I can't wait can it can it be New Year's Eve already this is our, <laughs> big, this is our biggest game in, I was, I was, I was talking to friend before the game and we were talking about the runners and riders for the title and everyone's looking at Chelsea being so far ahead of everyone. I said I don't like us being six behind Chelsea and you know it feels a long way for us to be able to seriously think we can win this league whilst that kind of gap exists but I'd rather be chasing Chelsea with a six point lead than I would Man City yep. because I think City can City still have the best set of players in this league. And Guardiola's no slouch. I think City you have to be fearful of City. You're nuts if anyone who's not fearful of City. The, the rush to semi-write them off is is ridiculous. City's scope for improvement, I think, is greater than Chelsea. Well, I, exactly I, I think right. Chelsea aren't far off. They're, they're, they're ceiling they? at present. Yeah, they're yeah. Well, Manchester, they've won, Manchester they've won twelve City, games on the bounce, Phil. Yeah, that's yeah. But, <laughs> it's, it's quite you the can't, ceiling. You can't. They they cannot get any better than they are at the minute but not just I'm not talking in terms of results I'm really talking in terms of performances yes, to be honest exactly. whereas I'm, I'm watching City and I think they're playing at about three maybe four out of ten in terms of their actual potential they were, they with were their poor, players I thought against Hull I thought Hull made, Hull made it difficult for them though I oh, thought yeah. I thought Hull had a right go City, City were quite poor but the fact that they they found a way to win 3-0 did my head in, I have to say. It made, me, it made you realise what armoury they have when they click. That's the problem. This is why it's a massive, massive game for us. I mean, I can, I, can you be confident going to game like this because we're playing well? No, I can't be confident, but it would be a huge game to win. There's no understating it. Is there bigger than beating Chelsea in a way? You almost, with the, the if you know, if Chelsea were to, to beat Stoke and we are to beat City, it's a hell of an ask for City to actually win the title from there. To, to outperform two, not just one team, but two teams 
by that many points over the course of 20 oh, games is absolutely not far off being impossible. They'd be how many points would they be behind? Uh, 10, ten behind, yeah. Psycholo- psychologically, ten, that so they'd have to basically outperform Chelsea by 10, 11 points over the course of 20 games, which is. It's not far off impossible. I think that far, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a good chance. I mean, that's one of the, the the hidden wins of it. Apart from putting some distance between us and City, is that psychologically you may focus their minds, Guardiola's mind, on the Champions League. Yeah. He's got a good draw in Monaco, hasn't he? He's got Monaco. They've got Monaco, but it's. Monaco are very good. Yeah, Monaco are good, but you take that at this stage in that competition more or less. You're not going to buy in or a bar. I think if you've won the group, you're pretty disappointed to. Which they didn't actually. Sorry, it was they'll go into the, they'll go into that tie strong favourite city. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they will. So, so therefore, they can see themselves in the last eight. As long as they don't get a disaster at all, they can probably see themselves in the last four nearly by now. And I think if if that sort of gaps there, that could work really well for us. Uh, so it's, there's a lot of reasons to win this game. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to win it, uh, Phil. And I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask the three of you. Really, pick me a team. For uh, well, Minule and goal. Um, Klein. Are we assuming that is Matip still out? I don't know. It's as is now. Just has to be managed. Right. Lovren, so. Lovren, Clavin, Milner. In fact, just, I think he'll play. Just, I think he'll play Matip. I think if there's any way they can get Matip on the pitch, they'll get Matip. If he's on the fit, pitch. he plays instead of yeah. Clavin. But I think I think he doesn't play. From against, everything I know now, from everything I know now, he's I think, not he, play. I think he doesn't play against Stoke because they're going to play him against City. You reckon? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, and then Clavin will be back. It's Clavin or it's Clavin or Matip, and then it's you know Wijnaldum, Henderson, Lallana, Firmino. Mane and Origi, I think, isn't it? Is anyone? Yeah, unless if there's no change in the fitness, the fitness position. Yes, yesterday it's an unchanged side. I think undoubtedly, which will give him room for lots, well, not for lots, for enough changes against Sunderland to freshen up. Uh, if Matthews Fitty comes in, I don't think there's any chance Sturridge starts. No, uh, I think I think Sturridge is basically starting against Sunderland. Yes, I do too. And I think I he's totally going to get. He got half an hour yesterday or something like that. He's going to get half an hour. Possibly twenty minutes against City. I think it's dependent on how the game goes, and then I think he's going to start at Sunderland. And his basically, like his time. reason for existing as a footballer in the next week is to get Liverpool three points at Sunderland. I think. Uh, I totally agree. I think the same can be said of Emery Chan. I think the same can yeah. probably be said of, of the likes of one of Clavan. I think Moreno probably plays Moreno, at Sunderland yeah, as well. I think exactly. that's why he came on yesterday to keep him a little bit fresh. I think yeah. the City game because of the side they are because of the way they'd want to play the way Liverpool want to play the fact that it is going to be quite an exacting fixture um, fitness will be massive for you know for all the players involved which is why I think that Sturridge again may be on the bench because he's not had as many sessions obviously as Origi he's not played as many games as Origi and so I think Jürgen will look to hold uh, keep him in reserve again that's also the question mark around Matip because you know Jürgen said his he's games need to be managed his situation needs to be managed and then he also said but if there's players who've completed more sessions than him they will be picked ahead of him and I think that's the key point we don't know yet you know how his trainings come along but I think that will be the main <coughs> thing He he's going to have this discomfort in his ankle for for a while I think but it's how much sessions he's able to get through unscathed without it being you know a real problem any sign of Phil by the way for the bench even he was desperate to make it happen um, and the last I'd seen he was still in the gym not even doing physio work outside Um, Gritch was doing work with the physio outside the running work and stuff but but Coutinho was in the gym still doing his own uh, rehabilitation mm. schedule 
So I think that game comes just a bit too soon for him. I think they tried. They did. And because he tends to come back quicker, he's, he's got a short recovery period um, generally. They did up the, the rehabilitation, but he, he had some swelling mm. in the area. And then they had to calm it down again, which is obviously just extended... Uh, the rehabilitation think, by a bit, I, I, so I don't think he'll. I think, I think you see Coutinho at Old Trafford. Yeah, I, I, I think, think possibly gets. Do you not think he might get twenty minutes at Southampton? Maybe yeah. Southampton, and then, and then he starts. starts, starts so I think it's a. This is one thing advantage that we've got over other teams as well. By the have, way, I love, I love it when you when you when you, when you're looking at one game and thinking about six. I yeah. think it's brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's, it's when you know it's when you know you're yeah. in a proper season. Yeah, exactly. I think but the one advantage we've got over the likes of Chelsea and Man City at the minute, right? City maybe a little bit of this with Aguero, but Mane's going to come back. From not having played and add to the team, the same with Coutinho. We're we're effectively bring going to bring at some point in the next six weeks two of our best players back into the team, which will improve us. The other teams aren't going to do this, which is a like Chelsea. If if Chelsea won twelve on the bounce and then can go, oh by the way, Lazio's Eden Hazard he's been out for the last six games. You go, oh all right, yeah. we're in a bit of a tr- <laughs> could be in a bit of trouble here. Whereas we're able to, you know, Manny's not going to get a rest, but Coutinho is. Going to come back a bit fresher, bit, bit more, maybe reinvigorated, and yeah, I mean, Phil's a devastating player. It's almost yeah. easy to forget. I mean, we had a tough January last year, Klopp's first January, where Phil was missing with injury, uh, and it's no accident that we got better when he came back into the team. Um, he's a, I, I, he, although he does come back from injury quickly, Mel, he does sometimes have a couple of weeks to settle back in. I'm sure someone will tell me he scores. Hat trick every other time or something, but <laughs> my recollection is that he takes a couple of weeks to bed back in. So the sooner you've got him anywhere near the first team, the better, obviously. Okay, uh, thank you very much to Phil, to Mel, and to Rob. Liverpool have completed part two of the Merseyside uh, three games that they needed to get nine points from against Manchester, sorry, against Stoke City. Uh, Everton have been boxed off. Uh, Stoke have been boxed off despite the first big half an hour. One more to go. The atmosphere on New Year's Eve at Anfield should be absolutely unbelievable. I can't wait for it. Like Mel, I would very much like it to be New Year's Eve tomorrow. You shouldn't wish your life away. But to watch those Reds again and to watch them against this Manchester City side could be absolutely electric. Uh, let's bear all that in mind. Remember that Liverpool eased to a 4-1 victory against Stoke and get excited for what will be the New Year's Eve spectacular. See you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network.